This is the Good News Station, WCNO, Palm City. Good News in Shoes. Don't let them deceive you. Remember that you are, again, I'll say it and I'll keep saying it, that you are chosen by God. And God loves you. Amen. There's nothing that, that he can't do for you if you just surrender your heart. That's Pastor Benny Ramos from Love Wings Ministries every Saturday at 11 a.m. on WCNO 89.9 FM, the Good News Station. Navigating the real estate market in Florida today can get a little crazy. Ozzy Carbonell of Century 21 All Professional is here to help. Today on the Treasure Coast and in the Palm Beaches, the housing market is back in full force and there are a number of financing and home buyer programs. Understanding and incorporating the right program can be essential when purchasing real estate. It also can be very time-consuming and painstaking. In short, the complexities of purchasing a home in today's market can be like riding on a crazy train. Home buying doesn't have to be crazy. Ozzy Carbonell of Century 21 All Professional is offering a free seminar on how to prepare to buy a home, what programs are available to you, and how you can qualify. You can sign up for this free seminar by contacting Ozzy Carbonell at 561 201 5499. The number again is 561 201 5499. También hablamos en español. The Revealing Truth radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hi, this is Ed Myers, realtor with Century 21 All Professional and member of the National Association of Realtors. Whether you are buying, selling, or renting a home, understanding the market can be essential. I'm a Century 21 top producer, recipient of the Century 21 Presidential Award, Century 21 Centurion Award, and Quality Service Pinnacle Award. I proudly serve the United States Marine Corps, and now I'm specializing in serving the Port St. Lucie, Stewart, Fort Pierce, West Palm Beach, and surrounding areas of the Treasure Coast. Real estate is the key to building long-term wealth, whether you're looking to buy, sell, or rent a home, a first-time home buyer, or an investor. Letting an experienced professional with a proven track record could make all the difference. I would love the opportunity to help you. You can reach me by phone or text at 772-342-0047. Again, that number is 772-342-0047. Good morning. I'm Pastor Bob Tarvis, your host for the Revealing Truth radio broadcast. I want to invite you to listen in today as Pastor Jason Baumgartner takes us on a journey through God's Word that will reveal truths for our lives. John 8.32 says, And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. Grab a pen and take some notes, and let the Holy Spirit reveal the Father's heart to you. I am is also known as Yahweh. Known as Jehovah God, Jehovah Jireh, Jehovah the Provider, Jehovah Nisi, God of more than enough. He is the rock in the wilderness. Come on, somebody. I am has a lot of AKAs. He's got a lot of names. In the book of John, we look at Jesus and he begins to talk about who he really is. And he describes himself as the I am in many ways. He says this. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the true vine. I'm the bread that has come down from heaven. Come on, somebody. And he says this, when Lazarus gets up from the dead, he says, Behold, I am the resurrection 
and the life. I mean, those are all AKAs of the great I am. Come on, praise the Lord. Amen. Our text this morning is John chapter 8, verse 12, and it says this, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you this morning for the ability to preach and teach. I thank you for your word, for your promise. Lord, for the destiny over everybody's life in here and for the purposes of our lives, God, in you. Lord, we declare that you are Lord over it all. Father, I thank you today that you speak to us in our hearts. Give us ears and let us hear. Father, today put me on like a coat and wear me and let my words be your words and give me entrance into every heart. Lord, let me walk along the corridors of every believer's heart with truth that transforms. And Father, I thank you for that. We give you the glory for it and we give you the honor today for transformation, for revelation, for truth. In Jesus' name. If you believe that this morning, say amen. How many of you know it's sort of strange sitting in the dark? Especially like in the morning when you're watching selfies. You kind of, it's a little strange sitting in the dark, huh? And when all the lights out, it goes out, it gets a little bit dark. In fact, it can get very uncomfortable sitting in the dark. The prophet Isaiah said it was the people of the world who were sitting in gross darkness. In other words, all of mankind had found, it, found itself in a place of darkness. And when the light begins to shine, it doesn't take a whole lot of light. Just any bit, little bit of light will begin to light up darkness and change everything. A little bit of light will begin to break through the darkness of our world. And not just in the natural, but also in the spirit. Also in the soulless realm of who we are. How many know you can be walking in a place of confusion and somebody bring a word to your life and all of a sudden a light goes off in your head? Uh, and everything that was going this way now all of a sudden is going that way come on amen how many of you know when it's dark it's easy to stumble over some things come on I don't know about you but I have a dog and I have Jesse and if I get up at night and don't turn my light on oftentimes I will trip over things in the floor that were just left there Kim will tell you sometimes that's my dirty laundry but she's not over here to testify to that but it has happened because in the dark, it's not easy to see where you're going. You can lose direction. And, and, and oftentimes in our life, if we're in the dark about a situation, uh, there can be misunderstanding. There can be misunderstanding of other people's intentions. There could be misunderstandings of your own intentions. And how many know we all have our own way of thinking, so that means that we all perceive things differently? Huh? That's why sometimes somebody can put something very positive, like on Facebook or on Twitter, and, it re and a lot of people that don't have the right understanding of what they're saying will respond very negatively. Hmm? Come on, help me, somebody. Amen? It's amazing that when darkness abounds, you become afraid of things, that when the light comes on, you're not afraid of them anymore. Things seem a lot more scarier in the dark. Things seem a lot more uncertain in the dark. How I many you know this morning that our whole world was sitting in gross darkness? It was a place of darkness. It was not an illusion. It was a reality of life. And Jesus came to be the light of the world. And he says this to us today. He says, I am the light of the world, and in me is the light of life. I mean, that means that in him you can live the right life. Hmm? So I'm on a journey over this next month, and I want to talk to you a little bit this morning, if I can, about Jesus, a.k.a. the light of the world. Hmm. Why is it important that we understand who Jesus is? And particularly, why is it important that we understand him as the I am, the great I am, God himself made manifest in the world today? I mean, from the Old Testament, when Moses went to speak to Pharaoh, he said, what confidence, that I have, what confidence can I have that the people will even listen to me, that the people will even follow me out of Egypt if I go and say this? 
First of all, I'm a fugitive from justice. I'm on the FBI's 10 most wanted list. Pharaoh's out to get me. Second of all, I'm just a man like they are. There's nothing special about me. I even have a hard time talking. So what makes me believe or have any confidence that they're going to listen to me, God? And who shall I tell them sent me? And God spoke to him. He said, you tell them, I am that I am sent you. Come on, amen. I am that I am sent you. How many of you know this morning that Jesus was very careful about his entire life? How people identified him. The first 30 years of his life, he wouldn't let anybody identify him as the Messiah. Matter of fact, most of the time, the first 30 years of his life, he, was, he, he didn't reveal to anybody that he was the Son of God. He didn't reveal anybody about his deity, that he was the Messiah, that he was the one that had come to change the, the whole foundation of the way that people thought in the world. For the first 30 of, years of his life, he was known as Joseph's son, the carpenter's boy. He was known as Mary's boy. He became known as somebody that came from the town of Nazareth. Then after 30 years old, all of a sudden, he became known as a rabbi. He became known as a teacher. He became known as a miracle worker, as a prophet, as a wise man. And he was very careful that nobody falsely identify him or, or come to know him ahead of his time because everything that he did was important for laying the foundation of the world that we live in today and the freedoms that we know today. Come on, somebody. Amen. And the reason why is because Jesus was on a mission. He had a plan from God, and he was coming here to fulfill the mission or the assignment that was on his life. So in the Gospel of John, unlike the other three Gospels, uh, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, the Synoptic Gospels, and they're called that because they all kind of link up together, John is different than the other because John begins to talk about the deity. It focuses on the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so seven times in the book of John, he gives meaning to what it means to be I am. What are the different attributes of what it is to be I am? He's the same I am that was in Exodus that spoke to Pharaoh. But John begins to give definition to what that I am is. And, and, and this is why this is important to us today. Because when I understand who I am is, then I can know who I am. Because who I am is attached to who he is. My identity in Christ is attached to the I am. I truly cannot even really know myself until I know him. Matter of fact, I'm in the dark about who I am. And if I'm not careful and I don't come to understand Jesus in that perspective, then how many of you know everybody else can tell me who I am? And I can believe some of that stuff. How many know sometimes if you believe a lie, you behave a lie? If somebody puts you in a box and says, this is who you are, and you don't know who you are, then that's what you will become. And now we're going to take a break from the message. We will be rejoining Pastor Jason in just a moment. But first, I want to take this opportunity to tell you about Truth Church. Truth Church is located in the heart of St. Lucie County at 3891 Edwards Road in Fort Pierce. Our Sunday worship service starts at 10 a.m. Truth Church is a non-denominational Pentecostal church. There's a ministry for the whole family at Truth Church. Whether it's our monthly senior meetings, children's church, or youth group, there's something for everyone. We've been experiencing a powerful move of God in our services, and we would love for you to come and visit with us. If you're new to the area or you're looking for a home church, we invite you to come and join us. First, you will be our guest, and then you will be our family. Truth Church, a place for the whole family. So John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and in me is the light of life. 
How many of you understand that the context of what he's talking about is very important? Uh, if you want to understand this, this teaching, I am the light of the world, I want you to understand the context of where Jesus was and what was going on when he said this. John chapter 8 is a very incredible chapter uh, in the Bible. And in context, it's even more amazing when you begin to see how Jesus was speaking these things to a people that knew, they knew exactly what he was talking about, even though it's kind of like just a broad statement to us today. I am the light of the world. When we get to the end of John chapter 7... We're at a place where Jesus has now done what every Jewish person in Israel has done. Every Jewish family would have done on a regular basis. He's come to Jerusalem for the third feast of the year. It's the Feast of Tabernacles. Everybody say Tabernacles. I mean, no, Tabernacles was an annual feast. It's one of the three feasts where every family in the nation of Israel gathers together at the city of Jerusalem if they can make the journey. There's the Feast of Passover, the Feast of Pentecost, and the Feast of Tabernacles. And they would come to the Feast of Tabernacles to honor God for what God had done in their life, for the blessing that God had been to the nation of Israel. And Tabernacles usually came in late September or it came in early October. It was just a little bit after the Day of Atonement, or what they called today Yom, Yom Kippur. And immediately following the Day of Atonement, they would enter into what was called the eight days of the Feast of Tabernacles. Eight days. That's a long feast. Come on, there ain't no neutral system on that one. Yeah, I'm, some of y'all don't know, but I've been on neutral system for two weeks. I'm about to starve. It's hard putting this message together, talking about Feast of Tabernacles. I was saying eight days of feasting, man. Whoo! Increase my borders, Lord. Enlarge my territory. Mm. That's just my thinking. I, I didn't put that in my notes. I just Y'all pray for me. I had to commit to two months for that food. Because they make you buy two months. The, the breakfast is a muffin that big around. It's like eating chalk. They do not want me to be their spokesperson. <clears throat> so now while everybody would come to Jerusalem, this is the day when this passage was given. There's about three to 400,000 people that are gathering at the city in Jerusalem and they're visiting. And they would have come from everywhere and they would have gathered for the Feast of Tabernacles. And everybody would have come to celebrate the harvest that had just come in. All the food that they're being stored up through the wintertime. Everything that they have for the nation to survive that everybody's going to be able to eat. They come there to give praise to God for that at the Feast of Tabernacles. And sometimes they even call this the Feast of Waving. If you've heard of the Feast of Waving where they would go out and they would get sheaves of barley and they would wave them in the air to celebrate God's bountiful blessing on the land and what he had done for them. So at the Feast of Waving or at the Feast of Tabernacles, because they, I mean, you know, they lived as an agrarian society. They were mostly farmers. They took, you know, and took care of sheep and cattle, but mostly they were farmers. They planted seed in the ground. And secondly, because it was very dry and if... <clears throat> Rain was very valuable to them because it was so dry. Because if there was no rain, there was no crop. If there was no crop, there was no food. If there was no food, the cattle died and the sheep died. Uh, if there was no grass for the sheep to eat and they was only eating dirt, then how many know the sheep ain't going to last? So everything was dependent on rain. Amen? And if God didn't send the rain, then the crops couldn't grow. And so they came to the Feast of Tabernacles to celebrate the blessings of the harvest and to ask for rain. They would gather and they would believe God for rain. They would, they would proclaim rain and they would pro pro proclaim the blessing of God to be on their life. So it wasn't just about physical rain from heaven, but it would be the rain in their personal life so that they would have the blessing from heaven in their life. And in fact, they did these two specific things during the eight days of the Feast of the Tabernacles that were very symbolic. And uh, don't miss this because this is important to the foundation of what I want to talk to you about, Jesus being the light of the world. 
the first day and the eighth day were both declared the days of rest. Everybody say the days of rest. That means they came and they did nothing. How I many know just because we don't talk about the Sabbath a lot anymore don't mean that you shouldn't have a Sabbath? Come on, the Sabbath is Saturday. That's the day you don't do nothing. That's the day you hang out with your family. That's the day you relax. That's the day that you take your shoes off, kick your feet up, barbecue at the house. That's the Sabbath. God wants you to rest and do nothing. How I many know we don't have church on the Sabbath? We have church on Sunday, the first day, because we want to start our week out with Jesus. Come on, amen. Mm. See, this is good because we're all starting our week out with Jesus together this week. That means that your week's going to be better than the week you had last week because you didn't come to church. There's no better way to start your week than to start your week with Jesus. And then at the end of the week, you rest. So that's what they've got going on. The first day and the eighth day, they're resting. And they're just to enjoy each other, enjoy their family, enjoy God, talk about His blessings. But in the days between, one of the things that would happen is the high priest would take this gold pitcher and he would make the journey from the Temple Mount down to the pool of Siloam. How many remember the pool of Siloam? The pool of Siloam, if you remember, is the pool where Jesus put mud in the blind guy's eye and He told him to go in there and wash. Okay, let me, just, let me just take a little side note right here. How many know when God gives us instructions, they're really not that complicated? I think sometimes we're waiting for God to give us a 10-point instruction on how to live our life. And if it's anything less than that, then we don't think God's in it. But Jesus was very specific. Many times when he dealt with people, he gave very simple instructions. Go wash. Mm? Take up your mat. Come on, somebody. Very simple stuff. So anyway, they would go down to this pool in Siloam, and he would take the golden pitcher, and he would dip it in the water, and then he would come up towards the mount, and he would enter into a procession. How many know what a procession is? That's a big group of people walking together. Not too long ago, I've seen processions before, but not too long ago, I was at the Gaylord Palms in Orlando, which is this massive hotel that has like a city inside the hotel. Just an amazing place. There was this wedding that was going on. We were there for a conference. The conference had ended, but we stayed one more day, and there was a wedding going on, and it was from people from India. And uh, they had this corridor. It's probably as wide as this building that connects the convention center to the hotel, and it's, up on, it's over the top of the ground. It's on the second floor. And they had this procession that came in, and they brought the bride in on their shoulders. And it was thousands of women dancing, coming in with her. And then the groom came in after she got set up, and there were thousands of men coming down this corridor. It said, why is this church, and about three times as long as this church, full of men dancing, coming in? To the, this is the picture that was what, was what it kind of looked like, what was going on. There was a procession with this priest. Now, he wasn't he wouldn't by himself. He had thousands of people that were following him. And these people, and this is what reminded me of this wedding, these people would be playing tambourines and they were dancing. And they were glorifying God all the way down to the pool. And from the pool all the way back up, they'd be singing. And they would go through the water gate. They would enter back into the city. And as they entered into the city, they'd come to the place of the temple where the rock or the basin at the temple was that was sitting before the altar. And he would take that pitcher and he would take it full of water and he would pour it out on the rock where the basin was. And that would symbolize that when they came up out of Egypt, at a time when they were in the desert, and they didn't have any water for three days, God gave them water out of a rock. Come on, somebody. Because he is the rock. Another AKA, the rock. Come on, amen. They didn't have nothing to drink. And Moses brings water out of the rock. God supplies them with water. And the rock becomes the supply for their need. 
Come on, let me know Jesus supplies our need this morning, huh? 1 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us that that rock in the Old Testament during that time was in fact Jesus. Jesus didn't just come as a human, he came as a rock too. No, you didn't hear me. He's the rock of our life, the foundation of our life, amen? So here we are, There's a thousand, this is a thousand years later, we're in Israel, they're still celebrating the fact that God brings water up out of a rock, but it's symbolic. He's, he's pouring water out of the pool, Siloam, on this rock, and it is at that moment, ladies and gentlemen, thousands of people are standing around, thousands of people with tambourines, everybody's gone silent, he's pouring the water out of the golden pitcher over the rock, symbolizing that one day God's going to send a Messiah that's going to satisfy their thirst for all of time, and he's going to bring their life into a place of completeness, and it's in the middle of that ceremony, at the end of John chapter 7, Jesus stands up, and he said, if anybody's thirsty, let them come to me and drink mm. for out of his innermost belly shall flow rivers of living water Come on, somebody. And Jesus begins to proclaim in front of everybody at the ceremony where the priest just dumps the water on the rock that he is the living water. That he is the satisfier. That he can give you and fill your thirst in every situation of your life. It don't matter how dry you are. It don't matter how desperate you are. It don't matter how low you've gone. He will satisfy your thirst. As a matter of fact, he told the woman at the well, he goes, the water you give will keep you thirsty, but the water that I can give you will satisfy you through eternity. Oh, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you for joining us today for the Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner. We hope you will tune in again each day, Monday through Friday at 11.30 a.m. right here on WCNO 89.9 FM. To obtain your copy of this week's message, please send your check for $5 for shipping and handling to 3891 Edwards Road, Fort Pierce, Florida, 34981, and ask for your free copy of The Love of the Father pay by phone or simply make a love gift, you can call 772-461-8555. That number again is 772-461-8555. For more exciting information on our church, service times, and directions, you can check us out on the web at igniteyourworld.com. This has been The Revealing Truth with Pastor Jason Baumgartner, and I'm your host, Bob Tarvis. See you next time on The Revealing Truth. Navigating the real estate market in Florida today can get a little crazy. Ozzy Carbonell of Century 21 on Professional is here to help. Today on the Treasure Coast and in the Palm Beaches, the housing market is back in full force and there are a number of financing and home buyer programs. Understanding and incorporating the right program can be essential in purchasing real estate. It also can be very time consuming and painstaking. In short, the complexities of purchasing a home in today's market can be like riding on a crazy train. Home buying doesn't have to be crazy. 
Ozzy Carbonell of Century 21 All Professional is offering a free seminar on how to prepare to buy a home, what programs are available to you, and how you can qualify. You can sign up for this free seminar by contacting Ozzy Carbonell at 561-201-5499. The number again is 561-201-5499. También hablamos en español. Training us up in the way we should go. Consider a school where children learn to love. Where learning is inspired, reading is an adventure. Where pupils have time for creativity, math, and logic. Where respect is modeled like please and thank you. Where truth is taught along with history and literature. Where innovation and leadership are fostered as college and careers are planned. That's the future of a Golden Rule Academy pupil. Learn more at goldenruleacademy.net. The Revealing Truth Radio broadcast thanks Ed Meyer Century 21 All Professional for their underwriting support. Hey Billy, what you doing next Saturday? Nothing. Why do you ask, Justin? I wanted to invite you to my housewarming party. I'd love to come. How were you able to afford a home? You've always rented just like me. A friend told me about Ed Myers. Who? Ed Myers. He's a realtor with Century 21 All Professional. Ed told me about a great financing program for first-time buyers. What program? Well, if you're a first-time buyer or haven't owned a home in the last three years, you could qualify for up to $10,000 in down payment assistance and move into a home with little money of your own. With home prices and interest rates going up, there's no better time to buy a home than now, and no more landlord. This sounds like something I need to check out. What's Ed Meyer's number? 772-342-0047. What's that again? 772-342-0047. I'm calling Ed Meyer's today. Maybe you could come to my housewarming party soon. I'll be there. Ignite Your World Ministries, Truth Church, and all its affiliate ministries thanks Destiny Network and Bishop Tony Miller. Destiny Network International exists to serve pastors, local churches, and ministry leaders that make up Destiny Network International. For more information on joining the Destiny Network, go to www.destinynetwork.org.